0: day on Code pen Radio. Hey everybody, Code Pen Radio. I got uh, I got my co-founder Alex on this week. It's been a minute since we've done a show. What's up, dude? Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, 379. It's a big moment for us. It's it's uh it's my wedding anniversary today, as we record, so that's kind of cool. Five years, which is half the time that me and you have been married. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah that is it is very much my second uh major significant <laughs> relationship let me tell you it was just a couple of weeks ago when we hit the, our kind of official 10-year um release of CodePen. There was a there was a brief alpha 10 years ago, I think. I barely I literally barely remember Six it was months, so I long think. ago. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then there was a a blog post on CSS Tricks, which is the date that I used to kind of measure it, where I was like CodePen beta, where we just invited the the world. Anybody could sign up. We never had a a fancy thing like Dribble hat or whatever where you have to be invited. We never coded up anything like that. We just did um straight up anybody could sign up on that day, which was, I guess, earlier in July of 20, whatever, 12. So it's hit the official 10 year kind of public thing of CodePen as a milestone. It's kind of kind of cool, you know. And I've always been a sucker for these kind of developer blog posts. That's like, you know, I've been programming in C sharp for fifteen years, and here's ten things I learned, kind of thing. Like that's, <laughs> I'm gonna click the <laughs> shit out of that, you know? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> they put developers in this little bit of a yeah, like a like a reflective mindset, which is I I kind of enjoy, you know. So I thought that's what we'd do, and I propose to you, let's do a uh, you know, we've been running a software company for 10 years. Here's what we learned kind of thing, or here's some, some insights. And because it's 10, I thought we'd both do five. And for this show, we did not talk about at all what each of our fives were. So I've literally no idea what Alex is going to say. And he has no idea what I'm going to say. The only thing we did talk about is that we both struggled with it in different ways. I think but just cause it's so, I don't know, like why, why did you find it difficult to, to think about
1: yeah, I mean, for me, I wanted to provide something that was unique to our experience. We, we've we had 10 years um, doing this and we made all the classical mistakes um, and some of the least less classical mistakes. So I had a difficult time trying to provide something that I hadn't heard before. A lot of the cliches end up applying after... Yeah. 10 years, so I wanted to give something unique, something that I hadn't just stolen from someone else. Um, mm-hmm. That was a little
0: difficult to to narrow down. It was for me, and part of the difficulty for me is that we're not reflecting on a complete journey by any means. Like, I've never felt more, like, in the thick of it ever, maybe, at CodePen than now. Like, we're on huge project, we're really trying to bust ass on CodePen, but we're doing it kind of like Th- this is going to be a big release that nobody's really seen yet and we're trying to be really considered and smart and reflect on our 10 years while we're doing that work <laughs> it's like i almost don't feel ready to to be talking about advice when we're so in the thick of it um but i but i tried anyway you know like regardless of that like let's just and it, it, and you're right about the cliches i mean they 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 pop to mind so so easily that I think I think some of mine might come across as cliche and but I tried to like lean into it and think, you know, reflect on the cliche almost. like, is it true? Is it not true? How do our how do, how unique experiences jive with the, with the cliche? So.
1: Yeah, I almost feel like being in the middle of it, being in the thick of it is helpful for the honesty of the advice because we talk about this all the time. A lot of times, a story will be rewritten based on the success or failure of the result, right? So we're using, we have this advice to give over small successes and small failures that we've had. um, But we can't rewrite history at this point and be like, well, this is how we knew we were going to succeed and spin it into like a really nice, beautiful, coherent story. Like we knew the whole time we were going to do this because of, all these other things that we noticed Um, and so it's there's a bit of honesty in doing it in the middle versus in the end where you know the end result and being able to spin the yarn so that you come out looking like the hero. So, hopefully, this is a little bit yeah. more helpful for everybody out there trying to build something.
0: What's his name? You like ask Henry Ford at the end of his career, what does it take to build a big successful company? He's like, well, you just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and do it. You know, you're like, mm, the, you're on your deathbed, man. Like, <laughs> of course, yeah. you get to just give these little cheesy, you know, I don't know if he actually said that or whatever, but it, but when you're too far removed and you're too successful for too long, anything you say, you can convince yourself that that was, that's what's what it took, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like if you ask George Washington Carver, like if he knew about peanut butter the whole time, he'd be like, Oh yeah, I need (laughs)
0: peanut butter and jelly. It was going to be a big,
1: you know, like he just, it it, it would be easy to say that after the fact, because it's your big seller or whatever. He made he did a lot of things with peanuts for everybody
0: out there who doesn't know George
1: Washington Carver. (laughs) Um, did a lot more with peanuts than just peanut butter. So there's a little historical tidbit there.
0: Um, what else was I going to say about this? I, I want to jump into the, the to the to the to the top ten, but yeah, I like I like reflecting on that too. That we're that we're definitely in the middle of our our journey here, and thus hopefully hopefully more honest for you. Oh, this is what it was. It was that there's probably some people out there that would, would happily trade shoes with URI that, that look at CodePen as something that's already been successful and is already a, a good, healthy startup and doing all the things that they would hope to do in software. Into that, I'd say, cool, yeah. Like we have had some success. Like we pay ourselves; we're a profitable company. A lot of people know who we are. We open stores for yada yada. Like, and then there's some people that would look at us and just be like, eh, they really they didn't hit it. There was no right. huge return for their investors. There's nobody's retiring off of this thing. There's you know, it's not a it's not a, a feather in the cap of anybody quite yet. And I think they'd both people would be kind of right. We're like right in this weird middle stage.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a matter of perspective. Um, I can tell you that after ten years, the the um, the bloom is off the rose. I don't know if that's the the phrase, but uh, <laughs> you know, we we've enjoyed working for ourselves, but it's something that doesn't quite have the romantic vibe that when we started because we've just learned so much. It's a lot of work, um, and some people who would say, Oh, I pine for the idea of being able to work for myself is, and find it beautiful. And, and sometimes there are days where I honestly pine to work for literally anyone else. Um, and so you have your you have tough yeah. days, and so you could judge us in 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 many different ways, and I think it'll really influence how you take the advice we have, but nonetheless,
0: we're here to give it right, yeah, it changes day to day. it's a freaking it's a freaking roller coaster. It is kind of cool that we invented all the money that we pay ourselves out of thin air, essentially, you know by convincing people that our product is cool, and that's that's that, but yeah, some days it's like, yeah, God, yeah, I wish I could just punch a clock, Jesus Christ <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have your days. <laughs>
1: Yep. Uh, uh, all right, who wants to go first? Are you ready? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm ready. I'll, I'll go ahead and go first uh, with my all first right, one. All right. So just to load it back up, I'm doing five. Chris is doing five. For yep. anybody who doesn't want to do math out there, that means 10. We've got a top 10. Um, so I'm going from uh, you know least important to most important. Is that how okay. you're doing okay. yours?
0: Oh, sure. Let's do that. That sounds good.
1: <laughs> However you want to do it. All right. Um, So again, trying to give uh, what I hope is unique advice. Um, So one of the ideas that I've kind of tried to follow here, um, for lack of a better term, I call it the high-low principle. Um, And what that means to me is, I think that when you're a software company, you can choose to build so many things. Um, And I think but there's a sweet spot for the kind of stuff you should build. Um, and the high-low principle to me means only build things that have high value and require high investment or low value and lowest low investment and buy everything else in between. Um, for example, we purchase a very nice app called AppCues. It helps us give tours and tips and um, do surveys and advice to people on CodePen. Um, for us, the return on that is kind of in the middle. That's It's a nice, it's more than a low value thing for us. But in order to build that out internally, um, we've learned it would be a very high investment because that is a product. Um, and I love the idea that we just purchased it and we didn't try to build it in-house. Um, and we've done that before where we've kind of tried to build things that we thought were medium investment um, and had hopefully about medium return, and I always felt like that was a mistake. So when I'm looking at what we should build versus what we should buy, I kind of try to use the low, high-low principle to determine that.
0: Well, I almost made my list, too. I, w- I really wanted to weigh in on build versus buy, because that's, that's one of the cliche things that gets talked about in building a business, land. And it's so it's so nuanced that I thought I might just take a hard line position on it just for fun and just say buy it's buy. It's <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> it's, yeah, honestly, things it's cheaper to buy most things, and with today's web, it is just there's so many software products, so many solutions. Even if it's not perfect, you should really lean towards buy. Um, low investment is you've got things that we can do with scripts and and things like that that we just Build them. We don't even yeah. think about them. You know, right. half a day to a day's worth of investment. Uh, we tend to just automatically build those things and just move on. But uh, yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah, that's a kind of a principle we try to follow.
0: Oh, I say it because we do that because we've had experience with with doing too much building. I think. Generally, that's just because that's how we lean. Because we're just nerds that way, and that anything that we've bought, we've generally not regretted, and that we were not rich. Like we don't, we never had really deep VC stuff. So it's like, if we, let's say you're in the other boat, which is also really common for startups, is that you have a bunch of other people's money. You should spend it, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, right? And you should,
1: but you should spend it on when you're talking about the big investment your big investment in tech tends to be staffing in everyone's time. Um, and so when you're looking at spending it, investing in those high value projects are huge. Um, the day to day stuff, sure. Just build it in house. The small things, uh, little things that you need done automation, you know, sending emails, whatever it is, shouldn't take you too yeah. long, but, uh, if, if email is like a significant part of your business, maybe you buy it. Or I'm sorry, maybe you build it. So it's a, it's up to every business side, but I, I think that's really helpful in determining what you should and shouldn't do.
0: Hmm. All right, let's hear, let's hear your top yeah, your my, five. My- I guess it'll be nine, you know, I, yeah, my, my, and I'll try to, I'll try to arrange it. It was, it was a wild card for me to go from least value to most. So don't read too much into this, but I'm just going to start with this one. And it's because it's a cliche that I already mentioned already is that kind of marriage thing that the, the co-founder relationship is absolutely at the heart of, of the business. It establishes the culture and, and having that be like a high functioning relationship is so, so crucial in a way that I didn't, understand the whole time. You know, it's just like, I don't know, we're partners obviously. We work together, but knowing how many <laughs> how much we've gone through and how much up and downs there are and how how it's uh, it's the tiny little domino at the whole stack that if it were to fall over, it, it's over. It, it's absolutely over, you know? So it, it's just so crucial. It's just so vital. So the marriage analogy that people throw out there, it's just that's just the way it is, you know? It, I was just I
1: was just going to say that um there are ways that you can work With each other, but not be synchronized, and that's that's a huge part of it. Like for a long time, I don't. We built things together and didn't necessarily always agree on how to do it, and didn't have those deeper discussions. And uh, we fought through that, and that's that's tough.
0: It's tough. You're also going to find out that I think in the beginning, it's it's tempting to be like we are, we are simpatico, man. We are aligned (laughs) with this. We both want the same things. We are like everything is fun and like and there's you're just gonna learn a lot about each other like you would in a marriage and you're gonna find out that you're different freaking people me and you are different freaking people in a Very lot of ways, yeah. but we still need to get along. You still need to respect each other. You still need to trust each other, and that and that you're going to have all these hard conversations that for me just suck. But like that, but, but I, I see the value in them, and so now I almost cherish them, kind of thing. You know, just knowing how we both had our own, have had our own weird journeys with conflict averseness. That's just yeah. done, been nothing but bad <laughs> for us. You know. Yeah. So I just wanted to to cover that. that. It's
1: always been a real struggle, a real struggle for us. Is that that, that it? Really is avoiding the the difficult discussions. Uh, Yeah, I actually allude to that in one of my uh, one of my bullet points here. So, uh, yeah, it's it's been huge. Uh, Well, I can't, I can't because I have to go in order, Chris. (laughs) It's it's that important to me that it's not the next one.
0: This episode of CodePen Radio is brought to you in part by Notion. That's notion.com slash CodePen. Go there to get started. Notion is a beautiful tool. We use it a ton at CodePen. One of the main things we use it for is we use it as a team, right? So everybody who works here has an account on Notion and they log into it. And there's all kinds of, it's almost like an information base. You know, there's all kinds of information about how we do things and how we code things and how customer support works and how our marketing and advertising stuff work and but it's for planning ahead it's for planning this podcast ahead and code pen challenges ahead but probably most importantly it's for our active projects like what are we working on what should you be doing right now with those projects broken up into phases and individual tasks and such and then what's coming up later and we've recently just went through some work Digging a little deeper into the Notion feature set and doing more with our tasks like that. For example, we've given them estimated uh, uh, how much time they're going to take, at least just rough estimates so we can kind of see how much work is ahead on a sprint or a a block of work in a way. And they even have like a timeline view that's a bit like a Gantt chart so you can kind of see... Well, once we finish this, we can move on to this, where these two things can go in parallel and stuff like that. So real project planning stuff built into there, but it's not too opinionated, like you must do you know your project planning like this. You can use it a little more amorphously than that and kind of take notes in there and put whatever you want, wherever you need, structure it, however you need to. Really powerful app in that regard. So thanks so much for the support notion. I bet your team would get a kick of it, kick out of it for sure. Uh, uh, Learn more and get started for free at Notion.com slash CodePen. That's Notion.com slash CodePen to help you take the first step towards an organized, happier team today.
1: Yeah, so my next one is it's about following a strategy of tech minimalism, is what I call it. Um, It's building more with less. Um, and that's something that's been incredibly helpful. You know, when you build more of your technology with less tech, you become more of an expert in that technology. You get to reuse that technology. Uh, one of the recent moves that we made, uh, internally was we moved, we did two really significant moves. One of them was we moved from MySQL to Postgres to a very recent version of Postgres 13, um, and we're getting to build a lot more with that piece of technology. We're b- building some internal queue systems that we need. We're building um, some search technology that we need. We're building, obviously, database uh, technology we need. And we're probably going to throw in a little bit of analytics in there.
0: So how is that minimalist? Is it because it's all Postgres-based, so you're not reaching for other things? Right.
1: No. Yeah. So the idea there is that we're building more... So. We could have a database that's specifically for analytics. Now, we don't have those needs because our scale isn't that large that we need it. We could have another queuing system that is specific. You know, we could have been RabbitMQ or something like that, some really significant. We could bring in Kafka. Yes, those technologies would probably be a better fit, but we don't have the ability to support them. And that also means we would be worse at using those technologies. And so doing more with less um, is a really key, vital part of us. Having expertise, deep expertise in the technology we use, it's really been influential. Uh, The uh, second significant technology choice that we made is uh, Golang. We moved to, we're slowly moving to Golang. But uh, the beauty of doing something like that is we get to remove a lot of the layers that we normally would uh, have in our stack. And it's added a lot of capability to what we can do. And a lot of times if we can't do it with Golang, it's just another reason to buy a solution for us. Um, And so... That's been really influential in my thinking, like, how do we build this? What do we build? Where do we outsource this piece of technology? Um, And I'm really happy with that. I I honestly, anytime we get to remove an entire piece of tech from our stack, it makes me overjoyed.
0: Um, and that's been really helpful to try to follow that. Both of those are th- are thick with some interesting nuance, almost opposite thinking though, in that in both cases you had to add new technology in order to achieve the minimalism. So it seems counterintuitive.
1: It really is, it really is. and we tried we tried those things out. We dabbled before we uh, we jumped. Head first, so that was that was not a decision we made in haste when we take on a new technology it's the opposite of being minimalist but uh over time we will have less and less and do more
0: with what we have so far so good um all right here's here's mine it has to do with money on this one this is another uh, a little bit of a, a cliche one but i'm just i'm not even going to add that much nuance to it you're probably undercharging people you should charge more money for your software product. We've had a couple of moments, and in, in some of them even outside of CodePen, where the only change made was changing the pricing of the product to be more. And in both cases, they were, or it was unbelievable what happened. You just make more money. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. I mean, I should... Th- nobody is a, is, is a rounding error, you know? I mean, I'm sure there's a few people that care. And there'll be people that write in to tell you that they care at any time, under any circumstances. Right. They'll be like, yeah, oh, I don't know if this is worth that kind of thing but it, just in our experience we've we've, we've seen it be, be that way and here's the reason nobody is particularly happy with their lowest paying customers you'll find and this is our business and and from hearing from others that like the the you know the most the ones that are like the most annoying that demand the most of your time and the most of your attention are the lowest paying customers, and in our case, is often free. I hate to say that, but right. that's that's kind of the case too. And then we have these like really like big teams and high paying customers that you never hear from at all. In it, it just makes me think of, of of how much that's just a is people tend to under price their products and it's just kind of general advice uh to not do not, not do that
1: yeah and in, in the end you're kind of undervaluing your product in that way it, it allows you a higher price does allow you to provide a better result it's not just like being you know a capitalist and just charging more and getting more and more money and stuffing it in your pocket. It's the ability to provide a better service, more value to everyone who does pay you. And that's really significant in a really noisy market. There's so many solutions to so many of the things that we build these days that, um, being a really high quality product and providing that is just honestly just pleasurable, great for everybody around, including the people paying you. So ends up being a really good solution
0: yeah I mean it's it's not so subtle but you know we will be doing that at codepen at some point when we um, I'd do it tomorrow it's just where it's it's all baked into this larger project that we're doing so uh, don't worry we'll be taking our own advice and I'm not trying to scare you it's not like we're gonna go absolutely crazy but the value is going to be more commensurate yeah. we, we believe the
1: value will be skyrocketing so
0: you know the what I think about not to drag this out but I always think of gusto because I feel like we pay gusto like 30 bucks a month there's something like are you freaking kidding slightly me? more like, but, yeah. is it 50 <laughs> it's or something it's not more. hundreds yeah
1: it's it's i don't know the exact number it might be around a hundred
0: it's, it's something That's crazy like for being like our whole hr department i feel like their pricing is way jacked up to be yeah, don't give them low. ideas they'll they <laughs> do those kind of things Yeah, I don't want to pay you more. I just think it's a funny example. All right, you're back. You're back to Dell.
1: Okay. Uh, Yeah. So this is is a little bit aligned with the tech minimalism, but uh, it's more about how you go about building things. And I would say that one is a really magical number. One is magical because I like doing one thing at a time. And let me explain what I mean by that. Um, doing one thing at a time means that you're only solving one new problem at a time so for example when we were determining whether or not we should use golang what i did was i solved an old problem which for us was sending emails with golang and what that meant was i only had to solve one problem and that problem was How do I use Golang? That problem wasn't, how do I solve this problem of sending emails? Because it wasn't new to me. I knew the email provider we were using. I knew where the templates were, our customer base. We had tables. We had everything. The only thing I had to do at that point was port a bunch of Ruby code to some Golang code. And similarly, when we're solving a new problem, we do not use new technology to solve that new problem we want to make sure that we are have expertise and have confidence to solve the new problem with the technology choice we're using Um, and we've we've made that mistake before i remember when we were building projects i think we had three or four new technologies and we and projects at the time was a significant departure from what we were doing from pens And we were solving many new technological problems, but also solving new business problems. And it was just overwhelming. And if you want to make, if you want to narrow it down to the least number of things, least number of problems you're solving, one is you can't solve zero because you end up unemployed if you're solving zero problems, (laughs) but one is right there. And so, um, that was a really significant thing to learn and so now that we're taking on this much larger significant project we've had several years of learning go learning all the other technologies that we're using and the only problem we're solving is the business product problem that we're trying to build Um, and that to me was really really significant
0: yeah it reminds me of the context switching stuff is that the right number of things to be working on at any given time is one. That's a little bit
1: harder to achieve, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we
0: try. It's it's difficult. It's easy to get derailed
1: all the time. But yeah, at the very least, when you're getting into your immediate problems, you're doing one, trying to solve one thing at a time is really significant. All right.
0: Uh, I have a... Uh, uh... I um, I joked earlier <laughs> weeks ago while we were planning this that we'd drink every time we said communication because I feel like that's going to come up uh, <laughs> a number of times here. But I wanted to dig into one of those, and it's about um, I, 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 I'm not happy with the title, but making sure that everyone on the same page uh, that everyone is on the same page is hard, and I mean that in several different ways. I think of Even something like a feature, even something that's like, we're going to build this. It could be a subfeature. It could be a little tiny thing. And I have it in my head in some way that that's how it's going to be. That's what it's going to look like. This is what's going to work. This is what it's going to do for users. This is how we're going to talk about it or something. I have some version of all those things in my head. And I feel like I used to just kind of assume incorrectly that everybody also had (laughs) that same crap in their head, too. You know yeah. that they understood it in the same that way we that we ever I did. assume that is wild. That yeah, just stupid. It's just kind of it's just a almost like empathy gone wrong or something. Like I assume too much out of your brain that you that we somehow share the same brain or something, and that so obviously more communication is 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 required so that i can really say exactly what i mean let's assume it's this feature thing that we're talking about that i'm showing you what it's going to be we're talking about the details we're you know make sure try to get our brains in sync on what this thing is going to be is 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 really pretty tricky. And then even after you think you've done it, I think you haven't done it. Like, if you let another a week go by or something, like, your mind has been churning on it in a way that is very different than somebody else's mind has been churning on it. And it's just one of the hardest damn things. And to ever assume that everybody understands this thing in the same way that you do, you just be shocked. They just don't. <laughs> yeah, you end up
1: realizing that you almost need to become a bit of a politician for your ideas in the sense of you have to repeat yourself over and over again which can be difficult you'd be like well everyone knows what i'm saying so i'm not going to say it again and you realize no i actually should say it a hundred times so that it's clear to me like i have you almost want to have like talking points about the feature set that you're trying to that you think you want to deliver but you're doing it within your team which is not always obvious. Like you can think that we're on the same page and realize, no, there's a lot of nuance to, because everything's so much more complex than you ever expected to be. When you get into
0: details, it's yeah. Right. I,
1: I, I couldn't agree more with that. I, I, sometimes I feel stupid saying the same thing to the same group of people, but then you realize that you're not even in agreement about these details until you've kind of, no. sometimes it doesn't even jive, like someone's distracted they're not really listening to this point. Um, and that's I think yeah. of
0: things that, that where the rubber always hits the road is when, when a little bit more happens, on the that it's not just talk, it's not just in somebody's brain at but, this point. Like you'll be coding something in all the time. This is very uh, code pen culture, is they'll be like, let me share my screen. Somebody's always freaking sharing their screen all the time. And it's because I think we've just learned that that's a moment that brings that clarity. That You you do it all the time. You show me exactly the line of code that is relevant to to, to what we're doing. And then you're like, oh, I see. I like had this thing in my brain about how these are going to work and I see how it just doesn't serve the code in this case like it's just missing this this piece of thing and it happens with design too is that maybe you know only just because historically we've been ahead design wise a little bit um, over over back end type of coding stuff and we'll bring up a mock-up and then that's the moment where people are like oh whoa 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 i did not realize you know that's quite where we are heading with this thing it's always that moment so that but it's worth it's worth doing. Like you can't avoid it. So having a having some kind of demo, whether it's code or design, it tends to be the thing that starts to smooth that out.
1: Right. I mean, we're uh, it's actually f- we're fortunate in the white collar world that we get to share a very specific thing, like code. In, in that, if you're just talking like in art department, you're talking about the conceptual idea of what you're going to build or the story you're gonna tell, there's so much nuance there, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: And Whereas we can kind of share the exact details, but it's still hard, we're, we're a remote company, and I don't get to bring people over to my screen and share the, show them exactly what I'm talking about. You don't get to like, you know, use your hands to describe this thing, it's not always very clear, we're not in the same room. Um, and so it's really helpful when we have those conversations and kind of try to get to that clarity two each left yeah we've got two each um and so i guess jumping off of that my number two um is honesty is a fundamental part of your culture um whether it's dishonesty or honesty their honesty in and of itself is going to be a fundamental part of your culture Um, and i've used this quote probably way too many times but i'll say it again because you have to repeat yourself sometimes. Um, One of my favorite quotes is from Tim Ferriss. Uh, He says, a person's success in life can usually be measured by the number of uncomfortable conversations he or she is willing to have. And honesty doesn't mean that you're a jerk. It doesn't mean being nice. And it doesn't mean that you're mean to people. Um, But it does mean that you try to arrive at a very honest solution or agreement or disagreement. There's times where you have to agree to disagree and move on. Um, there are times when you have to call yourself out for the thing that happened. And I, I try to do that as best I can and say like, Hey, I made a mistake here. I took down the site. Like I took down the site for like 20 minutes. I didn't take it down, but I essentially broke it for 20 to 30 minutes, uh, a couple weekends ago. Um, And I'm not trying to be self-deprecating. I'm not trying to show everyone how stupid I am either, or how honest I am. I'm just being honest about the fact that like I did that. I regret it, but I also Mm. don't feel need to overly apologize and no one else should either. When they make mistakes in the search of improving the product that we're building, you know, at the end of the day, we are cracking eggs to make this omelet called CodePen. We're doing our best. Um, and so trying to be honest about our opinions as to what we're building is really difficult at times. It's really difficult because a lot of times you want to agree, you want to appreciate each other's work, um, and especially when it feels a bit subjective. Um, I try to be very honest about, hey, my opinion is subjective, so it's an opinion and you can take it or leave it. Um, But if I have something where I'm like, fundamentally, I feel like this is an objective thing, or this is something so fundamental to Mm -hmm. CodePen that even though it's subjective, we're going to have to go with our opinion. And I'm going to tell you it's an opinion, it's subjective, and yet we have to go this way because at the end of the day, Chris and I, we are very much married to this product. Um, and so you have to have these moments, and it has to be a
0: fundamental part of your culture. So, what's being not honest about your opinion? Would it would be just it would be not sharing it, right? It'd be holding your opinion back.
1: Not not sharing it or agreeing when you kind of disagree about that. Okay. Um, yeah. And I think I struggle with that because I often ask people to share a. Honest opinion and then fight them on their honest opinions. <laughs> so it's really difficult. It's to, and I, I think anyone would agree that, like, hey, dude, you're asking me to share my honest opinion, and then you're <laughs> criticizing my honest opinion. So there's some <laughs> real nuance to creating this culture of honesty, and I'm personally working on that. But uh, it's difficult. It's really difficult. I think a lot of modern tech companies, everybody Tends to lean towards. I just want to be nice, and I want to appreciate your work and appreciate your opinion. Um, yet there are decisions you're making on what you're building where we can't all be appreciated, and we can't agree agree to make everything that everyone wants to make. Um, and there's times where you have to say no to each other, or give a critique, and or admit you're wrong, and that's difficult. And so having a culture, having honesty, the good version of honesty, be part of your culture, I think is fundamental to your success. Um, And it's really vital.
0: Yeah, that's tricky to, to incur it. That's probably a time when laughter really is like a, a huge ally. Cause if you, if you really are trying to drag out somebody's honest opinion, they give it and then you shoot it down. There's no incentive for them to do that again, unless you like kind of embrace the, humor and the irony of that happening you know so that almost the next time they're more likely to do it because hey at least it was good for a laugh or something
1: you right know? And, and you understand that like hey i'm not taking myself so serious that i'm not when yeah. i shoot down your idea or i disagree with your idea it's not because of this version of that i see myself as infallible i'm actually honestly agreeing disagreeing with the idea that you have and so it's important to disagree with the idea and not try to try to sidestep all these things that feel like character, yeah critiques of the person you know like oh i'm critiquing you as a person no i'm critiquing the idea and try to focus on that
0: and you better be ready to do it that's been a extension of that i've found is that you you that you live by and we've tried to make cultural too is that you can't just disagree without with no no reasoning or alternative or backup or anything right that you have to you can't just be like i don't like it or whatever, like that's yeah, not good enough. Like hashtag
1: fail, like that's not good enough. As like we've if we wanted to get just open criticism without an alternative solution, we would just put things out on the internet and people would give us plenty of critique for what they mm-hmm. don't like about us. Um so but when you're part of the team, it's like you kind of have to present an alternative. You know, you can't just be like, you can say, I don't like this and I can't really articulate why. I'm gonna think about it and come back to it. Like that's totally fine. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I, that's something I've had to do when I, whenever I feel discomfort about a thing, I'm like, well, I don't really like this thing. I can't articulate why I'm not going to that in those moments, I will stop and not give criticism, but know that I need to put that together. If, if it's really that important to me, it'll keep bubbling up. Oh yeah. You'll
0: just say it. You'll just say like, I feel like I disagree, but I'm not ready to full blown disagree yet. Cause I haven't formed my counter argument. Yeah. And
1: hopefully people have felt comfortable enough. I think enough people disagree with me often enough that it it encourages other people to disagree with both of us to be like, Hey, I don't, uh, I think what you're saying is not, not right at all. Um, Sometimes I would honestly appreciate some yes people around. I'll be honest. Like, <laughs> we, we haven't had the level of success where like I can just have people just I'm
0: honestly shocked that we don't have more of that. Cause like, <laughs> you know, I feel like, I feel like you could you got know, fangs once in a while, just to be fair. Yeah, <laughs> I would say we don't quite hire
1: for it, uh for just no.
0: like super fans who just will agree with us. Um
1: so that that's just part of our culture. And I, I've learned to try to embrace it. Um, there's always something to improve. Like I said, critiquing people who give you honest feedback is not the best way to, uh, encourage that along the way. So there's, there's all kinds of things that, uh, that it requires to have that honesty be part of the culture, but it, it is, it's cause otherwise you're communicating, but you're not really getting the value out of the purpose of communicating things. So. So, what's yours? Uh, what's your number two?
0: I hope I don't I don't steal it away. I feel like this 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 a lot of, comes from our conversations and discussions in the past, but I'm going to do it anyway. Time is precious and easily chewed away. <laughs> Anything, and everything is a threat to the amount of time you have in a day. We've learned this six ways to Sunday. We're at an interesting spot and we don't we don't hire for this either, but there's nobody at CodePen at the moment that isn't a parent anymore. So that's interesting. And you learn that through that a little bit, like how much you, just your regular life can just suck away things. But that's not even what I'm talking about necessarily. I'm not even talking about just product choices and what you're choosing to work on and how you plan your day and plan your time and plan your team and plan your sprints and all that stuff. Any decision that you've made can chew it away. Even if you're even if you've managed to have a pretty straight ship and be like, "We're working on this right now," there is constantly enemies, constantly little things the that time. that threaten to just suck away your time. Uh, especially when you are a position like Alex, where it's just CTO and 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 in charge of a lot of the technological stuff, and those things just straight up take hours. Of, and time. You, you, uh, a whole day all the time from Alex can just whoosh, it's gone. Yeah, yeah, I'm CTO slash tech support. So
1: like it's, <laughs> you know, like that someone's dev environment is you know, bugging out. Like yesterday we decided to sort all our JavaScript imports with this prettier extension which is great. Like it's nice to have these things and you wouldn't think it'd cause one problem. You're like, I'm just sorting the same imports we have. No difference. And um, yeah, even today, I'm still trying to suss out one last little issue with that, you know. So I ate up like two and a half hours of my day just with
0: debugging, no, sorting all kinds everything. of little things. That's a you know? great example, though.
1: Yeah, I thought it was completely benign. It
0: wasn't quite on the roadmap. It was just kind of a nice to have. Yeah, it's part of the JavaScript spec as far as I know that imports don't need to be ordered in some particular way. But that's not—that's probably not what the bug is. It's probably got the code got chewed up in some way that you didn't expect or whatever. And then, boom, your time's gone. And then what's more interesting isn't that, like it's still cool that that's going to get done, but that it's more interesting what didn't happen then. Right. What didn't happen is our ability to push the product forward in other ways. And that's that's the crucial stuff. So... How do you fix it? Just, you know, you bat, you go to battle for the rest of your freaking life against that kind of thing. We've made bigger decisions like, well, oh, we don't have meetups anymore. Well, honestly, part of that was that it chewed away time a little bit and that yeah. it's just not fundamental to what we're doing. We don't self-manage our merch anymore we got rid of posts as a thing on the because it wasn't that used that much and was causing some technical debt issues we fight technical debt i mean alex already talked about his tech minimalism thing that's that's related in a way too because you can get chewed up for time if you're spending a bunch of time on some technology you don't know that much you know this is broad but it's broad on purpose you know that that this idea of protecting your time has many enemies so many enemies yeah so many so technical debt being one of them recovering from your own bad ideas is i guess is kind, kind of like technical debt but can yeah. be more vague than just technology so why don't we just leave it at that yeah
1: yeah it's uh i think everyone can kind of uh agree on that one parents or not it's uh you still find yourself strapped for time although being a parent really eats up a lot of time but it's kind of good if you like your kids like all of us at could <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah. So, yeah. So I feel like you you're number one. Yeah. I'm my number one. Yeah. I feel like I should have a drum roll. Oh. Uh, so this, this is something that it's a little odd, but it's um, something that I, I almost feel like it changed the uh, direction of my career and my abilities. Um, and so I, I feel so strongly about this and uh, the, I would title it as do not poke. Um, so there is a famous um, course at MIT. It's called, like, The Structure and Interpreta- Interpretation of Computer Programs, uh, SICP. And there's a teacher there, um, or an author of, the, of that book uh, and course. Is, his name is Jerry Sussman. Um, and he was talking about the idea of, like, why they don't teach this course anymore at MIT. And he's just describing the idea that, a lot of technology has ended up has started to become more like biology in that when you're studying biology, you kind of poke at biology biology is so complex and we're so far from having a complete understanding of biology to the point that we could recreate it, that we kind of poke at biology. There are drugs that you are given and they're, it's not really understood why they work, but we know they do work because we've poked at the problem and that I read that little blurb about five or six years ago um, and realized that I had been poking at so many things, right? There was a lot of mm. small problems in CodePen where I would see a result and I wouldn't dig into why it was happening, but I knew that I had kind of a solution like, oh, there's bad data here and the API gets some light. Sometimes we get a null, so just check for a null On the client, don't figure out why the database has random inputs that we Mm. really didn't expect. What's really frustrating about this idea of saying I will not poke at a problem is it feels a bit like getting braces when you have really bad teeth. So when I was 16, 17, I got braces. I had really bad teeth. And it was horrific because... I then had two big problems. One of them was I had braces and the other one was I still had bad teeth and it was (laughs) really painful and hard to deal with. And when you're starting your career and you want to solve problems very quickly, you can very often feel like everything takes you a lot of time and you want to just poke at the problem, see if you can find a solution, get it out there and feel like you're moving on and being productive. So When I stopped doing that and I started trying to understand and recreate problems, I started focusing on errors more. I started trying to say, well, not only am I going to stop poking and just trying to find a solution, now I'm gonna actually see how I can recreate more and more of these bugs. It led me to an understanding that has allowed me to solve more and more problems faster and faster over time, that has been dramatic for me personally. It's been a dramatic change in what I can do. That's your
0: secret, huh?
1: Yeah, in my (laughs) problems. Um, there's I think there's a saying I've heard from military folks that um, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. And so it's a little bit of that vibe where... When you're not poking at a problem, you're really trying to understand it. You have to slow down. And then eventually that becomes to feel kind of smooth. And then all of a sudden, it seems like you're fast, but the only reason you're fast is because you slowed down to understand how to solve things. And so at the end of the day, we get paid to build and solve problems. No one really, doesn't matter how, capable you are at task management if you can't build with the tools that we have and you can't build reliable solutions with what we have um and so that for me has been just it was a huge inflection point i said i'm just going to stop it i for whatever reason that article resonated with me um and i stopped poking at problems and it Changed everything for me, um, and so I. That's I,
0: interesting. Is you? You definitely have been against, and I'm very guilty of. they like, oh, there's some error or something, and you just immediately stack overflow stuff, and you don't even stack overflow the top. You just scroll until you start seeing little snippets yeah. of stuff that you could you could start throwing at the problem. That is not what. You,
1: <laughs> that is the that exact is, opposite of what you're asking. That is the opposite so, of it. Yeah, I will. I yeah. picked up a weird habit, which is I will read a ton of source code of the projects that we build on so i browse github source code the way some people browse like instagram like i just kind of randomly read code um i like to just and you get better at it you get a lot better at reading Mm -hmm. other people's code you get a lot better at understanding things. you end up picking up little tips and tricks and when i can't solve a problem luckily we build on mostly open source software I have the ability to dig into someone else's code that I didn't write and have a fundamental understanding of like, why did this fail? Why did this thing fail? You know, one of the things we did recently was, uh, just yesterday, we were deploying some integration tests and the those integration tests were using a domain called codepen.dev that we use internally on our computers. And yet they mm-hmm. were working on production we're like wait what why is this working we own codepen.dev we redirect codepen.dev to codepen.io so even on the production ci system we were our integration tests were running a web browser running full integration tests with the browser it was redirecting to codepen.dev then going to codepen.io it's the most subtle insane thing and <coughs> When Robert, who was running the integration test, was told me, "Oh, it just it works," I, I couldn't stand idly by and say why. Oh, it works. Sure, let's just move on. Like it's fine.
0: Oh, it's the opposite of Stack Overflowing stuff. Like you you won't even move on when something's working.
1: Absolutely not. If you, I don't understand yeah. <laughs> why, if I if it should have been failing and it doesn't work, and it does work, I'm sorry, and it does work. That is still that's a bug. failure. That is a bug. I, I know it's a positive bug, but it is a bug. And so I had to stop and think, okay, you're hitting code He goes, it's redirecting. I was like, oh, okay, yes, we owed code. It, everything came into, became clear, but that's important. It's important to even know when something works and you don't understand why. Um, and so if I could give anyone advice, it's like, hey, slow down. I know it's frustrating. I know you want to feel super productive, slow down, do your work slowly, but methodically because you build on this knowledge and two years from now, you will be so happy. Same way as if you got braces three years from now, when you have no braces, you will feel amazing. You will be so happy that you slowed down three years ago, four years ago. So just start doing that now. And it complete it, for me, it changed everything. And I felt like infinitely more capable than I was before I had that concept.
0: That's nice. That's Alex's cheap code. My number one. Smooth is let's do it again. Slow is smooth, 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 fast. Yeah. Slow is smooth, smooth is fast. <laughs> it's like a mathematical proof that shouldn't work, but it does. All right, what's your number one? Well, that's nice because you, while well, you ended with a with a kind of a, a personal cheat code in a way, that's not a cheat code. You had to work really hard for it, so it's not like you're jumping ahead. But it's it was definitely like a little bit of a recipe for success, and that's how I'm going to end mine too with a couple of of uh, a grab bag of things that I consider in the category of cheat codes for for. Building a software company in a way. Uh, One of them is just really personal to me. And it's like, if you, even if you're listening to this show or you know who I am or CodePen is, there's a good chance that it was rooted historically in the idea of the fact that I used to, I I used to and do, I used to do drugs. I still do, but I used to, too. (laughs) I used to write a lot about. Everything. I just write, 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 write. And content creation, like this podcast too. There's a decent chance that you heard of and code CodePen, not only because that it's a good product and that's our main focus, but because of writing that I did elsewhere. It's a cheat code for, for some level of success in the software industry is being able to write well for public consumption and create content for it. That's a cheat code. Another one is persistence I've always thought that too is that when I th- thought I had a good idea I just never stopped doing it 10 years is a big milestone for us that represents persistence in creating something and we're still persistent about it because that it's not it's not stubbornness it's not sticking to an idea that that you even somewhere in your head you think is bad or something we adjust bad ideas to be good ideas the persistence is sticking with an idea that you think is good until you see it through that's just one of my my grab bag of cheat is 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 persistence in the last one i just felt like we should end with some positivity is literally positivity we've kind of founded code pens vibe on that a little bit we celebrate people that do a good job we find ways to elevate people's work we find ways to welcome everybody and and try to be proud for them of the cool things that they can do and that is just it's just good vibes. I think that if there's, if there's success to be had in this type of industry, like being positive about people and the work that they do is just going to work out nicely for you and I think is a part of the recipe of our success so far.
1: Yeah, I want to elaborate a tiny bit on two of those. The first one, mm-hmm. 100%, I think, a developer, designer, whatever you are, that can communicate that is the ultimate superpower. And I think it's one of your superpowers is your ability to write and communicate. Very personally jealous of your ability to bang out writing and communicate. It's <laughs> huge. Uh, and then, second of all, about the persistence, I still remember 10 years ago, someone wrote in, into us sen- and sent us an email and said, Why should I put my stuff on CodePen? How do I know you're not going to be gone tomorrow? And I still remember that you wrote back, Well, Everything I've built, I've stuck with. I've been building CSS tricks for a long time. And I can't guarantee you I'm going to be here, but I can guarantee you that I'm going to try to be here. And everything I've built, I've stuck with. And even to this day, we're still building out CodePen. We're still working on it. We're still improving it. And that was really interesting because 10 years on, whoever wrote into that, if they stuck with us, their stuff still works. Mm. Their stuff is. We still should find in. that
0: email. That'd be interesting. Yeah,
1: and so we should uh, dig
0: that up. I remember that too. I remember that because you can't promise. You know, I, like I can't. That's like a remember the Team America that that <laughs> South Park movie. He's like trying to. He's trying to like sleep with the girl where it was a joke scene, and he's like, "I promise, I will never die." It's like <laughs> hilarious. It's right. like that. Yeah, too. and that, it was a little bit of that. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't bravado, though. It's was like, I can't. I mean, how, how can I t- zoom to the future and tell you? But I can tell you that the reason we started CodePen is because I didn't trust the competitors, hilariously. I didn't want to put my stuff on their platforms because I wasn't sure they'd be around. But you know who I can trust to be around? Me. So that's what I'm going to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, and we've we've stuck with it ever since, and we bend over backwards trying to make sure that stuff still works.
0: Yeah, and you know what? Here's a, Why don't I end it on a freaking rainy day instead? If this were to implode, we've even talked about this during dark times, we're not going to wreck your content. That we'd never do. Even if we had to give up on CodeBand, something really horrible would happen, which I promise it won't, even then we'd protect your content.
1: Yeah, it actually means quite a bit to us that you spend your time and share the links internally, externally, whatever it is. What work you have, that is uh, protecting all that content, saving it, backing it up is a key. It's a, it's a, I call that the cardinal sin. You cannot lose anyone's data. You cannot 404 their links.
0: That matters right. very much to us. Yeah, never done it. Never gonna. Yep. All right. Well, that was fun. I'm not, I guess I could say I'm not like a thousand percent shocked by yours, but you articulated them quite nicely. I haven't heard them said quite in that way yet. So that'll be cool to write down. I think that's what I'll do Is I'll take our time putting the show notes for this one together and make it more like a blog post so that you can read down through ours alternating like we did them on the show and attribute them to us and just put a little text of. Uh, one last opportunity for us to articulate ourselves on what those ones were, you know. Alex had cool names yeah, for them. It'll
1: be awesome that you can you can learn in thirty seconds what we've learned in ten years. So it's really cool. It's really yeah. efficient
0: uh, <laughs> time spent on that blog post for you if you want to read it. All these next startups are gonna. They're gonna shoot right past us because they didn't have to learn. <laughs> yeah, they didn't waste ten years doing the doing two <laughs> things at a time. <laughs> you know, or three, God forbid. <laughs> yeah, you, you realize you should do one. All right, man. Here's to another ten years. It won't be that long, but it's you know, here's to the next <laughs> phase of our existence. Yeah.
1: All right, everybody. Thanks yeah, for listening. See One, A- eight.